Yo, 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 yo. What's going on? It's a wild life. What's going on, Brennan? Long time no see. Yeah, it's been a couple weeks since we've uh, managed to get together and do this. Yeah, I kind of forgot we had a podcast for a minute. I did too, and it's, it's kind of weird sitting here again, you know, talking about all this. Between scheduling conflicts and Florida vacations and coming yeah. back to the where'd frozen tundra. <laughs> where'd, you, uh, where'd you go to Florida at? We kind of went all over. We ended up down in Miami and the Everglades a little bit. Um, I tried to go out and find uh, the Hurricane Stadium for you, but they were doing construction. So <laughs> we ended up down in the Everglades a little bit, spent some time on the coast, went up to the Panhandle a little bit, did quite a bit of cool stuff. I almost got eaten by a shark. What? So we go to the beach one day, and of course, Ashley freaks out because she sees some wild dolphins. And she's like, oh my gosh, I want you to go over on that rock and get some pictures of these dolphins. I'm like, okay, sure, why not? And we're in this little cove inlet thing, and I start walking out there, and I go to climb on this rock, and i probably in waist-deep water at this point. But the beach is maybe 40 yards away, so I'm thinking, yeah, it's okay, you know. Get up on this rock, slip, smash my knee, don't think anything about it. While this guy's already up there taking a picture, he goes, dude, are you okay? I look down, my leg is just, my kneecap is just split open. I'm bleeding all over the ground out of this damn rock. And I make a joke to this guy, and I'm like, yeah, well, I'm going to get some videos, and hopefully I don't get attacked by a shark on the way back. And this guy, I thought he was joking. He's like, yeah, I hope you don't either. And I'm like, oh, you know, we're safe. You know, it's 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 the middle of February. The sharks are probably way out in the ocean because it's cooler right now. So we get back that night. My knee's nice and swollen. I'm talking to my buddy that we're staying with. And he goes, yeah, you're legitly lucky you didn't get attacked. I'm like, what are you talking about? He's like, that inlet that you went to. He goes, if you stand on the bridge, we're right in the middle of the, the shark migration right now. I'm like, I'm sorry, what? He's <laughs> like, yeah. He's like, we we go up there, we'll see like legit 16-foot hammerhead sharks going by. I'm like, well, I'm never going to the beach down here again. You still got that pool out back? God, that would have been so awesome if you got bit by a shark. We'd have a we'd have a pretty interesting topic to talk about on the podcast, that's for sure. If you would even be here for the podcast. <laughs> that's true. That's, that's crazy. True. So did you see any sharks down there then? Couple of little ones. Thankfully, no sixteen foot hammerheads anywhere near me. I think the dolphins were kind of keeping them at bay, kind of keeping them back. We did get to see some uh, pretty cool wild crocodiles though down in the Everglades. You wrestle one? I did not because these things were about fifteen feet long, and the water was like te- I mean, it was literally like when you watch the old Jaws movies where you go out in the dock and the docks swaying back and forth, <laughs> and all you were out there with flashlights. All you see is eyes glowing in the dark. You look down at the water. It's the same color as tea. And somebody goes, legitly, if you fall in, those fuckers will shoot over to you because because all the fishermen throw their fish scraps in. So every time they hear a splash, they come bolting. He's like, so whatever you do, don't fall in the water. I'm like, oh, okay, that's that's a good thing right, to Right, good, good advice. So just in case you didn't hear, there is a little background noise because... Yep, that's, I don't know if you heard that, but that is Braden, Brennan's son, figured to join us today on the podcast. Braden, you want to say hi? Say hi, Bubba. He's being a little bit, being a little bit shy. Yeah, just a little bit. Weird, weird how uh, he's nothing like you then, because you're never shy. That's true. I never stopped talking either. 
Yeah. So did you? Uh, did you? Any, well, what would you go down to Florida for? Like, was there a sp- certain reason or anything? Well, we went down there just to stay with some friends of ours, kind of beat the weather, and at the same time, we turned turned into a business trip. We went out and checked out a few new facilities down there just to see how some different people do stuff with their animals, um, stuff like that. We visited a couple zoos while we were down there, a couple rescues. Got to see some really, really cool tiger stuff, so that was pretty neat. Well, that's cool, then. Um, what was it that you said you wanted to go do while you were down there? Like that, I saw you post something on Facebook. You were like, I'm going to do this when I'm down there. Like That was the one thing that you hadn't saw or seen. Oh, it's... We have gone to Florida every year since 2016, and it started out as a running joke that I wanted to see an armadillo. And it's funny because everybody tells you, you know, you'll, you'll, you'll see these things everywhere. Oh, they're all over. They're over the path in front of you. I swear to God, I have never seen a live armadillo. I have seen some of the most unique animals on the planet, but I have never seen something that everybody sees roadkill down there like we do deer here. And it's like I said, it's literally become a running joke that every time I go down there, we don't get to see one. It got so bad to the point where we went to a zoo at one point that um, they actually had an armadillo display, and I got hyped. I asked the lady, I'm like, oh, my God, it was an armadillo. She's like, oh, he, he actually went in for the day about 20 minutes ago. He's only out for the first two hours of the day. And I literally just said to Ashley, I said, God hates me at this point. This, <laughs> I, I have become a joke. He's like, you know what? I'm going to send you to a zoo, and there's going to be an armadillo there, but you don't get to see it. And they even have a sign showing you where these kids can touch the armadillo. I just threw up my hands. I was like, I'm done. This, this is stupid. I'm done. Never come to this dumb state again. <laughs> but you didn't get to see one. No. You didn't get... To, I thought the story was going to be like, oh, I didn't get to see one on the first day, but the second no, day... No, 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 no. So hopefully so next year when up? I go back... No, I went out and looked at night, and the, and the damn things are nocturnal, so we're out there with flashlights looking around in the burrows and everything. No, no luck at all. No, that so <laughs> And it was funny because a couple of days later, my buddy who lives down there staying with goes, yeah, by the way, we saw one this morning. In the backyard. Of course. At the house that we stayed at. Nice. Yep. So it's just, it's it's a running joke now with God. <laughs> well, speaking of animal encounters, I know your boy uh Steve Irwin's birthday was what? Friday. Friday. You would have been fifty seven. And then your favorite organization in the world, PETA, had some Choice words. Oh, yeah. I mean, they basically outed themselves. I don't know if you can actually pull up the tweet here that they sent out. um, Because I don't want to misquote the obviously overly intelligent statement that they made on one of the greatest conservationist birthdays. Yeah, let's see your favorite animal rights group, what they said. How long ago was it? Uh, It would have been on his birthday. Yeah, they, I know. They tweeted it on I mean, I'm birthday. just scrolling through. I wonder if they deleted it. Oh, I'm sure they did. I would just put in on Google, look up PETA tweet, Steve Irwin. I think they did delete it. I'm not seeing it. Oh, I mean, you, you had to see the backlash that it caused. I mean, they were attacked. I have, I can honestly say I don't think I have ever seen the internet band together to attack one thing. Like that, I mean, you can take any two groups of people that hate each other. You could take the vaxxers, the anti-vaxxers. You could take the Trumps and the Hillarys. You could take the flat earthers with the round earthers, and every single person went after PETA. Found it. 
So, Steve Irwin, Steve Irwin, this is what Peter said. Steve Irwin was killed while harassing a ray. He dangled his baby while feeding a crocodile and wrestled wild animals who were minding their own business. Today's Google Doodle, 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 Doodle. There doodle. we go, Doodle. <laughs> Jesus Christ. That's a dangerous, fawning message. Wild animals are entitled to be left alone in their natural habitats. Which is pretty... I remember I, well, I was on Twitter when they tweeted this originally, and it was a big thing, and then it just... It just no, like, environmental pun intended, spread like wildfire. Oh, yeah. I mean, it was insane. Um, and I think the best, if anybody hasn't seen it yet, is somebody got on their Wikipedia page and compared them to the Nazis talking about how they were formed by Hitler and run by Satan. And Jesus. You know, it's one thing to have beliefs, and Steve did a lot of things eccentrically. Um, I mean, and you could honestly sit there and you could dispute and go, yeah, you know what, maybe he shouldn't have grabbed snakes by the tail. Maybe some of his handling was overboard. But to openly disown that everything that that man did for conservation is just over-the-top ridiculous. Steve did more for conservation to get the average person excited than Pete has ever done for anything in their entire existence. I mean, it was pretty insane the route that they went and how they just open, like I said, openly attacked one of the greatest conservationists, hands down in history. So it's 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 fairly arguable that you could kind of go out there and just I don't I don't even know. I mean, it was just stupid, and to and to do it on his birthday and expect no backlash is just yeah. I mean that that was. That was some bold. That was bold. I'll give him. I'll at least give him that. It was bold. Oh yeah, I mean, because make a splash, I mean, they had to have been wanting. They had to have been wanting negative, like media on it. They had to have. Yeah. Because number one, I don't know anybody from the ages of like I don't know ten and up knows Steve Irwin. Irwin was a pretty big deal, and everybody liked him. Well, yeah. Even even now, you have even the younger generation. They his kids are carrying on his legacy. His kids have their own show called um, "Crikey, Here's the Irwins" or "We're the mm-hmm. Irwins" um, on Animal Planet. And it's literally people are comparing them back to their dad, bringing them back into the situation, bringing them back into the fold. I mean, it's literally almost a, a great continuation of it of, of his legacy and everything that he stood for. Right. Yeah. I mean, and. The fact that, like, somebody at one point, they all, like, whoever their social media person was just like, this will be a good idea. Like, how? I don't, they had to have just wanted negative press on it and, like, attention. I think it's, honestly, it comes out of that mentality of negative press is better than no press because I just, I don't think that anyone with half a brain was like, yeah, this is going to work out in our favor. This is going to kind of come together and work out well for us. I mean, there's just. There's absolutely no logic or mentality behind it. I mean, Steve Irwin was probably beloved by 99% of the world. And he's, I mean, in Australia, he's almost considered an icon. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I just don't get it. It's I saw it, and I kind of had to take take a double take on it because I was just like, there's no way they're doing this. There's no way. Like, somebody got, you know, into the social media and did it to mess with them or something, but... Yeah, I don't know. Uh, there's not many times the entire universe of social media just joins forces to hate on one specific thing together. Oh, it was it was incredible and it was 
the my favorite part was that anybody who formally didn't know who PETA was and thought, you know what, people for the ethical treatment of animals, yeah, that sounds nice. PETA literally showed their true colors of the psychopathic terrorist animal organization that they are. And I don't use the word terrorist lightly. I mean, when you look at their actual history of the stuff that they do, which we'll talk about in a few minutes, I mean, it's it's unbelievable. And it's it's sad to say I do know people who have donated money to PETA, and it's just it's mind-blowing to me. So, obviously, you know, they're your favorite organization for animal rights. Oh, yes. And... Uh, so what are some of the issues that they cause since, you know, I know you post nonstop the last like two days about PETA, but for the people that didn't read your post or don't have you as a friend on Facebook for some reason, what is the big, what are the few like kind of like quick. So PETA tries to make it out like that their, their whole organization is making life better for animals, blah, blah, blah. This is an organization that we looked at the numbers before we started today. 2018, they made almost $57 million in donations. $57 million. That's a lot of money. It's a lot of money. I, I could live off that for a few months, I think. A few months, yeah, easily. Um, but that's that's in a single year, and they do run shelters and whatnot. But here's the unbelievable thing. Someone who calls themselves with the ethical treatment of animals, their shelters have an 81% kill rate. 80%, 81% of the cats and dogs that go into PETA-run shelters, do not come back out. They don't believe that animals should be owned by anybody. It doesn't matter if you have a pit bull, if you have a horse, if you have a parakeet, a goldfish. They literally consider them to be our slaves and that these animals are better off dead than in possession of a human being. And it's kind of unbelievable to me. I mean, don't get me wrong. There are people who shouldn't be qualified to own anything more intelligent than a rock. Right, but I have seen people who spend more money on their dogs than they do their children. You know, we could look look at your dad. I mean, your dad had that little white Eskimo dog, and it had its own Facebook for a while. Yeah, I'm I'm sure it probably still does. <laughs> yeah, he, th- those people are those people bother me. There's something wrong with people that have dog. That if you, <laughs> unless it's like a famous animal, like because like you'll there'll be those pages like there's a that uh, what is it. Oh, my God. What's his name? Like Frank the Pug or something? Yeah, like Frank the Pug. You got Winston the Tig, who's a good friend, who's owned by a good friend of ours um, up in Lansing, Sarah Curry. Those pages are actually used to be educational, but they don't post as though the dog has taken a phone in its hands yes, and is typing. And then, oh, my God. And, then they, and they always put ARF. Dude, it bothers whatever, me so whatever. much. And it's just like, well, you know what? I, I understand that you love your dog, but it's like giving your three-year-old a Facebook page because you're trying. There's to... people that do that. Oh, don't give me. Well, that's that's a topic for another time. <laughs> it just bothers me so much to see people with animals Facebook pages. Like, oh, and then like I'll see like I I I won't. I remember somebody had an animal page for their dog or something, and they were friends with other dogs on <laughs> Facebook, and it is. I don't know. It bothers me. <laughs> There's something wrong with people. It's, it's it's interesting. As long as people are being nice to their animals, though, at the end of the day, it's just, but it's not my forte. But yeah, I mean, Peter, Peter wants to speak out against those people, and they want to literally sit there and tell you, your dog is better off dead than living a comfortable, wonderful life in your home. 
I don't, I don't know how you can justify. I don't know how your brain functions. Actually, I'll give you a fun PETA story one time. We were doing a show years ago before I opened my company. I was with the former company I was with, and we did a, a venue at the circus. And PETA was there. They were out front protesting the, uh, the elephants. Oh, the elephants should be free, blah, blah, blah. And while we're driving by and we're watching these fools and their seagulls dive bombing them because these people are out there all day long, so they're eating McDonald's. Mm-hmm. And I'm, sh- I'm sure a few of them weren't just eating veggie burgers because right. you could only do that for McDonald's for so long. But I'll never forget this. This one guy had like a large fry, and the seagull goes dive bombing him, and this PETA supporter takes his sign that says, animals should all be free, and I kid you not, swings at this seagull like Barry Bonds. <laughs> And I think he missed it, but it's like, oh, okay, so elephants are supposed to be in the wild, but you know what? Screw this seagull. I mean, seagulls are are annoying, so I can get behind that. Well, yeah, but you're not going to be out in front protesting a circus and then going, hopefully you didn't see that. I, and this <laughs> was before everybody had a smartphone, so of course I didn't catch it on video. But Any other, uh, yeah, I mean, obviously most people, most people that know you know, don't like Peter, but... Um, now the one thing that you taught me or I guess like educated me on was like the different like sister companies that they own or run. Well, there's a lot of different things and they partner with, um, HSUS, who is the humane, humane society of the United States, which is completely different than say like our cascades, humane society, Mm -hmm. the HSUS. Um, they partner with places like PetSmart and stuff. Like when you go through and you buy dog food and they're like, do you want to donate a dollar? Yeah. That goes to HSUS. And you're like, oh, you know what? I want to I want to give a dollar, two dollars. I just bought a $40 bag of dog food. And your mentality is, okay, you know, 20 people donated a dollar. That, that's a whole bag of dog food of that. No, the problem with HSUS is that they are basically a big scam artist. And it's literally been shown that 99% of their profits go to the people that work there, 1% goes back to the animals. And HSUS effectively, again, wants to end all private ownership. If you start to look at a lot of the stuff that's behind it, they're the ones that are play a big part in banning pit bulls in different cities, doing stuff like that. Yeah, I already don't like them then. Yeah, and it's ridiculous with people like that. Um, and they start to attack every single little group that they can think they can give people behind. Um, it's kind of like, and it's like you said, been beating the drum on Facebook the past couple of weeks with PETA and everything, is because PETA and the HSUS are literally going state to state trying to get exotic ownership banned. And what I try to keep telling people is, everybody's like, "Oh, you know what? No, nobody needs to own a tiger. Nobody needs to do this." It's really not anybody's business to tell me specifically what I can and can't own if I'm qualified to do it. It's kind of like owning a car. Not everyone should own a car, but there's no law that says you can't own a car until you screw up. Mm-hmm. And that's basically what these lawmakers are trying to go through and push to do. And the thing is, is that people are like, well, once once we've made it illegal to own tigers, we're done. You know, It'll be great. PETA, like I said, made $56 million. So they're going to outlaw exotic ownership. They're going to stop fighting for that because if they can't fight against it, it's already illegal. They're not going to keep making money because you're not going to donate money back in. So who are they going to go after? They're going to go after the pit bull owners. 
And I think my my biggest point is, and I've tried to tell this to everybody who, like, who has horses, because there's so many horse girls out there, horse people. <laughs> and I'm not talking actual centaurs running about the streets. People who love and enjoy horses. They're going to be coming for them next. I mean, you can literally look at it, and and there's nothing wrong with that. You know, you put a horse in a stall at the fair. It's in a 10 by 10 stall. It's a 1,200-pound animal. You don't think PETA and city people are going to have a field day with that? It's like pit bulls. Pit bulls are already banned in I don't know how many counties in Michigan just alone. It, they're trying to make it a nationwide ban, and PETA's openly put out things that's saying, Pit bulls need to all be put down as a breed, which is just ridiculous. I'll put PETA down. That's a, that's kind of my thought. Like, so literally, I mean, they're they're not jobs. Yeah. And people think, you know, well, once once this is outlawed, you know, they're just going to go away and die. No, you don't tell somebody you make fifty six million dollars, and then the next year, well, you're going to go flat broke. Go get a go get a job flipping burgers at McDonald's and be happy. No, they're gonna go find the next way to make money. Mm-hmm. And I mean, that's the thing too that you gotta. I mean, you know, it's hard to do is to talk about issues that people don't relate to. So you have to figure out ways to, you know, use either one different examples or metaphors to make them relate to it. You know, like for example, like pitbulls. Like if you were talking about exotic animals, to me, if I if you didn't own like animals in a zoo and stuff, mm-hmm. I wouldn't care. But the minute you say, you know, they want to ban pit bulls, now all of a sudden it's like, well, wait a second. You know, that actually affects and, me. And that's honestly the biggest thing is, and PETA has realized this, and HS, US has realized this, is that they're, they're optimally trying to systematically divide and conquer, which, I mean, obviously, if anybody's any idea about warfare, that's generally the best way to handle everything. So what they're doing is they're going after the exotic people. They're going after the pit bull people right now. They're starting to get into going after the reptile people because... Let's be honest, You, before you knew me, if the average person told you, hey, I own a pet snake, you looked at them and said, you're a weirdo. I still think you're weird for owning oh, a snake. Oh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's, that's kind of my point, is that most people think, yeah, that's what a snake says. <laughs> hey, what Good is, job, Brady. While you're on here, what does a di- what's a dinosaur say? What's a dinosaur say? <laughs> Are you not going to tell everybody what a dinosaur says? What's a snake say? He's got a stage fright. You got something going on. That's okay, buddy. But yeah, I mean, effectively, you're going to have that issue where they're dividing and conquering, and people are like, well, you know what? They're not going to come after me. They're not going to do this. Except they're not going to lay down and die and take a pay cut. And the biggest thing is anybody who supports PETA or HSUS, like I said, they made $56 million last year. What did they do with that $56 million in a single year? Line their pockets. Exactly. Because you don't see the headlines, you know, PETA goes and buys 600 acres of the Amazon rainforest. You know, PETA doesn't go out and build a sanctuary in Africa to protect rhinos or puts $10 million towards rhino conservation. You see, you see them make some really, really highly graphic videos with Sarah McLaughlin music telling you about how sad the dogs are in theaters. Everything like that, and um, it's ridiculous. It's like I said, you don't see them coming out and saying, you know, we're starting the PETA elephant preserve when they could be doing all this stuff. They want these animals put down and, you know, put out of their, what they call misery. 
Yeah, you can ask these average people, okay, well, what does this animal need to survive? Well, I honestly don't know. I just know that in the wild they have this. What do they have in the wild? You aren't telling me anything other than what you personally believe. You could sit there and pound into their head, well, experts say this. Well, I know more than an expert because I spent three hours online reading this, blah, blah, well, yeah. blah. Yeah, I mean, if you read Wikipedia, you actually get a degree from Wikipedia College. My God, I could have saved so much money on my student loans. Yeah. I mean, this is just, I wish we'd had this podcast like 10 years ago. Yeah, I, would, I, I mean, it's be, basically how I became smart, you know. I'd, I, be, I'd be out of debt by now. I mean, I wouldn't, <laughs> you know, I, man. But no, I mean, it's it's ridiculous. You, you are, I've said this for years. You want to know the best thing that PETA could do? Take half die. of that income. Well, yeah, dying would help, closing their doors. All these unpaid veterans on the street that don't even want to take $25 million of that. Put these guys in Africa. Have them protect the rhinos. You watch rhino poaching drop in half. You watch elephant poaching drop. These guys are literally trained to protect people and other things. You're telling me that you can't take a quarter or a portion of that $56 million that you got given to you to make sappy commercials and house human beings and save animals? No, that's a load of bullshit. And I'll, I'll touch base before we close down on this. We actually had an opportunity to visit a fantastic facility in northern Florida called Mystic Jungle. And they're a big cat rescue. They have a lot of big cats that are retired from circuses and things like that. And this is where this gets really disgusting. We were there with one of the most wonderful people I've ever met, Jamie Jarasek, who is the head big cat keeper there. And she was telling me that literally, on a weekly basis, she gets death threats for working with these animals to try and give them the best lives they can. Well, they should be in the wild. We can't release tigers that have been in captivity back into the wild. I think Braden's ready to go home, Brendan. All right, I was going to say, I think we're, we're finishing yeah, up. Yeah, we're anyways. almost there. Well, you know what? Let me uh, hurry up so he doesn't get more mad at you. Uh, so real quick. He hates hearing about PETA. <laughs> Braden, how does you PETA hear that? Make... Hear that, PETA? You're making kids cry. How does PETA make you feel? No, this is the moment when you cry. Well, anyway, there we That's go. That's right. Be upset. That's okay. So, anyways, we uh, like you were PETA telling either. me that you're going to be rescuing an animal, correct? Yes, and this is our big reveal. And as we said on Facebook, the clues were this is an animal that we have never had. We were supposed to get one a few months ago. But it's an animal called a kinkajou. They're actually in the raccoon family. A Pikachu? A kinkajou. Or a honey bear. A honey badger. Nope, a honey bear. <laughs> I know. We're not going to talk about Pete anymore because I know how much it upsets you. Yeah, Pete is not a fun topic. We're going to talk about the happy animals. Well, yes, we'll be driving down to Akron to rescue a kinkajou. We'll have lots of pictures up for everybody to see it later this week. This is our big reveal on this week's podcast. Oh, you're welcome. Thank you for saying thank you. And uh, before we close out, let's give the people a preview for what's to come. Um, you and I actually had that really cool idea that we're going to start going through and we're going to start reading things on air that other keepers have heard at zoos. 
Um, yeah, we're gonna do like a special little segment. Public. Yeah, you know how like, kind of like celebrity reads mean tweets and things like that. Yeah, yep. it's gonna be just like that. We're gonna call, call it overheard at the zoo or something catchy. If anybody's got a better idea in the next couple of weeks that can beat out overheard at the zoo, which I'm sure many of you are more creative than me, um, feel free to let us know. We would love to hear your discussion. Final thoughts as we close out this week, from at least me, anyways. If you happen to go to Florida in the next couple of years for vacation, Mystic Jungle is an awesome nonprofit organization that takes in rescue animals, takes in big cats. It gives you an opportunity to see these guys up close. Exotic Animal Encounter in Orlando, Florida is an absolutely incredible facility. The animals are loved beyond all belief, and you get to go get up close and personal with. I want to say she had nine lemurs on site. She had sloths. She had all kinds of cool stuff. So if you want to be able to meet these animals in an educational manner, stuff like that. Um, so save your money. Don't go to Disney World this year. Go out and see a little bit of the wild Florida before it's gone. Make a trip down to the Everglades. See the, uh, see the wild alligators. See the wild crocodiles. Follow... Everybody that you can that does these incredible animal facilities down there, Green Wildlife Experience is another great one down there, owned by our friends Dan and Michelle. Thanks to the folks that we stayed with. That's kind of all my thoughts for the week. Like I said, get down to Florida, see the wild side. Do you have any closing thoughts for the week for the people? Nope, that's it. Pete is the worst. Other than that, I'm Cody. He's Brennan with special guest Braden. Say bye-bye. Can you say bye? He doesn't care. Good enough. We'll see you next week.